right, well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and see what the Lord has for us this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this morning. We ask that you would speak to our hearts and give us exactly what we need to hear. Lord, I do appreciate, uh, Lord, all the things that you do for us. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, just have your way done in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning. Yeah, it's, pardon me, I'm a little uh, worse for the wear these days. So, turn to 411. We'll get started and sing about Christ.
Go ahead and take our seats. Turn back to 262. see everyone out this morning. It is friend day and uh, I hope that at least you invited some friends. I, I was going through my phone book and was inviting friends to come this Sunday and uh, about 95% of my friends are actively uh, in their church. They're actively they're involved in their church so I wasn't able to get anybody to come out today but I do appreciate uh, those that said that if I wasn't uh, a Sunday school teacher, if I wasn't serving this Sunday I would be there and I uh, appreciate good friends. Uh, if you're visiting with us, it's good to see Brother David with us and uh, his friend, uh, his girlfriend with him today. So thank you for being here. And uh, also uh, appreciate each one of you being here this morning. I hope you've already been encouraged in the Lord's house. And uh, I, I know it's, I, I always appreciate the, uh, the privilege that we have just to come to the Lord's house and uh, to be together with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and just to worship and praise Him for He is worthy of our praise. And uh, speaking of friends, this morning we're going to uh, preach a message 
on friends. We're going to look at friends this morning. And I, I want to say I thank the Lord for good friends. Um, I think probably all of us have some friends uh, that we can count on, that we can rely on, and they're always there. And uh, so I want to preach a message on friends today. Someone has said this, God gives us our relatives, but thank God we get to choose our friends, right? Uh, we get to choose our friends. And um, the Bible has much to say about friends. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, Proverbs 18, 24, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the, his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Aren't you thankful that we have a friend in Jesus? Someone has said this, that a friend is one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. I'd like to look at a few examples of friends from the Word of God this morning. And then I want you to ask yourself this question, what kind of friend am I? What kind of friend am I? And we'll have the message. Again, in Proverbs 17, 17, I'm using it as a springboard. But a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the privilege we have to pray and that we can come and worship in a warm place and just to, uh, Lord, come together and, and serve you. Lord, I ask for your presence to be in our presence. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today will be the day of salvation. Lord, speak to our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you four examples or four friends this morning and, and uh, you see if you find yourself in this one of these categories. Number one, the first one is a so-called friend, a so-called friend. Turn with me to, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Psalms 41, 9, it says, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heels against me. I'm sure we've all had those type of friends, those so-called friends, friends that you thought were uh, truly friends, but they're really just friends in word. We, uh, we have these so-called friends, and you can turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. I'm going to give you an example of a so-called friend. 2 Tim, uh, Samuel chapter 13, the Bible says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was, was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. And for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, and the son of Shimei, uh, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. The Bible says here that, but Amnon had a friend. This is one of these so-called friends that I'm talking about. Here's the story. Amnon wanted to have a sinful relationship with his half-sister. And Amnon knew that this was wrong, but uh, he had a so-called friend, if you will, that encouraged him to follow his heart. You ever had friends that say, oh, just do what's in your heart. 
If you watch Hallmark, that's all you find out. I'm about sick of Hallmark movies right now. Oh, there's my wife right there. But uh, it's follow your heart. Do what your heart tells you to do. You know what the Bible says? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? That's what the Bible says. Hey, don't follow your heart. Follow what God says to do. You see, this so-called friend of Amnon encouraged him to go after fleshly desires, go after the things that God wouldn't have him to do. Hey, do we have friends like that? So-called friends, that's what I'm calling them, so-called friends, people that encourage you to do things that are wrong in your life. Well, this, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Folks, uh, these so-called friends encourage you uh, to, or your friends can either encourage you or discourage you in the things of the Lord. The right kind of friends, I can tell you this, are invaluable. They're invaluable. The value of a friend who strengthens you in the Lord uh, cannot be measured. You see, however, a so-called friend that drags you down can cost you everything you have. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm saying it can destroy your testimony these so-called friends. You say, well, I, they're, you know, I, I hang out with them, but they're, they're just acquaintances. Can I tell you, have you ever heard the, uh, the saying guilty by association? You know, we need to be careful who friend, the friends that we, the people we hang out with. You see, a so-called friend can, that drags you down can cost you everything you have. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupteth good manners. What's that talking about? That's talking about our friendships, the people that we hang out with. Hey, I encourage you to have not these so-called friends, but have friends that are there to encourage you in the things of the Lord. I hear it all the time. But pastor, I'm trying to be a light. Doesn't the Bible say you are the light of the world? Yes, absolutely, the Bible says that, that we're to be lights in a dark world for the purpose that people see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. It's not to say, hey, uh, oh yeah, I'm being a light, but you're really not being a light. The Bible says, ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither can a, do a, a men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but a, on a candlestick and give it light until all the, are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hey, the purpose that we're to be a light in this world is not to come down to their level, but to bring others to our level. And I'm not saying we're any better, but what I'm saying is that we don't need to be dragging ourselves in the mud and muddying up our, our good testimonies. But pastor, I'm just trying to be salt. The Bible says, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. Folks, if we lose our testimony in the process of, of uh, trying to be like the world and acting like friends, I'm telling you, we've lost our testimonies. And the Bible says it profiteth nothing. It's good for nothing. See, it is much easier for the world to drag us down than it is for us to pull, uh, pull uh, the world up to us. I'm just telling you, I'm not saying it's impossible, I'm saying it's easier. Now I have up here, Eli, come up here a minute. I have up here, I have a swagger. Why don't stand down there? Stand 
up here. I want you to stand down here. Now, which do you think is going to be easier? Come here. Him to pull me off or me to pull him up? Which one do you think is going to be easier? Now, I can tell you this. I'll put any amount of money on it that I'm stronger than Levi. But I can put you, I can also tell you any amount of money that he can drag me down faster and I can pull him up. Yeah. Yes. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to set the thinking, Eli. I'm not trying to belittle him. What I'm trying to say is this. We need to be careful the friends that we hang out with. We need to be careful. We need to be careful for our teenagers, the people that we let our, teenage friend, our teenagers hang out with. My girls are all the time, Dad, but you, uh, you're, you're always worried about what all these other kids are doing. Yeah, I want to know who their friends are. I want to know what their families are like. I want to know everything about them. Why? Because they can destroy their lives. They can destroy their testimonies. We need to be careful. I'm not saying, hey, for me to come up here and say that we can't have friends that are, that are sinners, that are, that are lost, that would be wrong. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus ate Dined with the publican and the sinners. So I'm not saying that we can't have those type of people. I'm saying we don't spend all of our time with them. We try to be a light. We try to be salt. We try to encourage. We try to uh, win them to Christ. But I'm telling you this. If they are dragging us down. If they're taking us places that we shouldn't go. We're doing things we shouldn't do. I'm telling you that's the wrong kind of friends. Those are so-called friends. They're not real friends. Not real friends. See... We need to be careful. We need to be careful who we, we hang out with. So we need, just need to be careful that we are influencing them and they're not influencing us. Then I want you to notice, number one is the so-called friends. Number two is so-so friends. You know, we all have the, hey, is he a friend? Yeah, he's a so-so friend, you know. Hey, he's so-so. Well, turn with me to Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, that they, uh, they came every one from his own place, Eliaphaz the Timonite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namanite, uh, and for they had, much, had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. Now, on the surface, this sounds like, if we don't know the story, this sounds like, hey, this is the right kind of friends. These are the type of friends that we want to have. Now, this sounds right, but after hearing all that had happened to Job, they came to mourn and comfort Job. Man, that's the kind of friends I want to have, right? But then, in verse 13, the Bible says this, So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him. For they saw that his grief was very great. And then I guess later on, I guess they got tired of sitting around doing nothing. And they thought that it was their turn to straighten Job out. They began to accuse Job of sin in his life. Not being right with God. They were saying the reason all this was happening, Job, the reason why you lost your farm, the, why you lost your family, why you lost your finances, hey, the whole reason you've lost all this is because you're not right with God. Have we had friends like that? This is so, these are just so-so friends. Job's wife even said this, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? As long as everything's going good, Everything's, there's money in the bank and 
health is good and everything's, hey, everything's going well, these so-so friends, they're there for you. But as soon as trials come, where are they at? The Bible says this in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times. This verse gives us two things about friendship. Number one, we see the source of friendship, the source of love. Love covers a multitude of sin. I can tell you, we, we don't deserve to be friends of God, do we? Aren't you thankful that love... His love for us covers that multitude of sin. Love covers that. But also, not only does it give us the source of friendship, it also gives us a season of friendship. What is a season? It says, loveth at all times. That means it's never ending. Folks, to be a friend is not, is, as I said before, when the world is going out, a friend's coming in. You know, a friend is there no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what has happened. Hey, they're there through the thick and the thin. What kind of friend are you? Are you a so-called friend? Are you a so-so friend? See, it says in all times. That means when other people are accusing, other people are doing wrong. Other, Hey, what is a friend? What kind of friend are we? But then I want you to look at the third friend, a strengthening friend. A strengthening friend. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 16, the Bible says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Notice that. He strengthened his hand in God. The Bible says that Jonathan strengthened David's hand and God, now what kind of friend do you want to be? I want to be a friend that strengthens my friend's hand in God. I want to strengthen, I want to encourage him to be all that they can be for the cause of Christ. Serving God can bring tiring times. And it can be tiring at times. And we can easily be weakened and worn out. Serving the devil will wear on you as well. But David was, was exhausted in his service to the Lord. And while... At the same time, he was running from Saul. During his, this vital time in David's life, God providentially gives David a friend by the name of Jonathan. He came along David's side and strengthened him. David gave, gained so much strength with his relationship with Jonathan. When all his resources were nearly depleted, David didn't have anything. Listen to what Listen to what Proverbs 27, 17 says. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Iron sharpeneth iron. Do you desire to be a friend who brings strength to others? I'm going to give you three attributes that Jonathan displayed here to help develop the kind of friend that, should, that strengthens. Number one... A friend who strengthens will sacrifice. He'll sacrifice. They're willing to give up their personal time, their resources, their preferences to be a help and encouragement to you. David was hiding from Saul. And, uh, and if, you know, if you know the story, Jonathan was Saul's son. And, and uh, David was hiding from King Saul and, and trying to seek refuge. So he disappeared in the wilderness. Jonathan could have neglected his duty as a friend uh, to help David, 
uh, due to the distance and all the things that were involved, due to even his dad even wanting to destroy his life. He, instead, he made a sacrifice of time, and he went into the woods and to find and encourage his friend David. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 23, 16, it says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood. Be willing to make a sacrifice to strengthen your friends, even if it takes you beyond your comfort zone, even if it costs you time, money, and effort. Be a friend that is willing to sacrifice. I'm reminded of some good friends in the New Testament. Their friend was was sick and laying in a bed, if you remember the story. And he was nearly deaf and dead, and, and they took their friends to Jesus. Notice the priority of these men. In Mark 2, 3, it says this, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when he had broken it up, uh, they let him down, uh, let the, de- down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. These friends were willing to sacrifice their time, their talents, everything they had to to get their friend to Jesus. See, they were concerned. I wonder if we have a concern like these men had for their friend. I wonder if we're truly concerned about our friends. Do you believe believe this, that people that are lost, I mean, they're dashing madly towards hell all around us and we rarely shed a tear. We rarely offer a prayer. We rarely pass out tracts. We rarely try to win our friends to the Lord. I wonder if we truly are concerned. What kind of friend are we? Not only were they concerned, but I, see, I believe they were convinced. All they needed to, all they were convinced, all they had to do was get their friend to Jesus. The Bible says, and when Jesus saw their faith, They were absolutely convinced and they had faith that Jesus could make a difference in their life. Let me ask you, are you convinced that Jesus could make a difference in your friend's life? I'm not just spiritually, number one, of course, salvation, of course, he can make a difference in their life. But what if they're away from God? They're saved but away from God. You think God can make a difference in their life? Sure he can. I'm convinced that he can. But then they were committed In Mark 2, 3, it says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. See, no obstacle. There was no circumstance. Nothing that was going to stop them. No problem would keep them from reaching their goal, reaching their, getting their friends to Christ. I wonder, I just wonder, what kind of friend are we? We allow situations and things to get in the way from us getting our friends to the Lord. A friend who not only will strengthens is one that sacrifices, but I also believe he is one that is selfless. This type of friend will put their your needs in front of theirs. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I've met people that says, I, they, they just don't have very many friends. And they say, I just don't have very many friends. And I'm saying, because you're not friendly. Who wants to be your friend? I mean, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. The reason many people do not draw strength from friendships is because they do not provide strength as a friend. 
An unselfish spirit will draw people to you and give you the chance to strengthen them in the Lord. But a a selfish spirit is not pleasant for others. We've all had friends that way that are, you know, it's all about them. Hey, hey, they're not willing to, as long as you meet on their terms, hey, they're good friends with you. See, Jonathan was unselfish towards David when he revealed Saul's ill intention toward him. He's, you know what, he didn't care. He says, David, you, you need to run. You need to get out of town. David, my dad's going to kill you. He could have been jealous since, listen, David was, was uh, Jonathan was heir to the throne. John, it was, the throne was his for the taking. He could have been jealous, but he, he said, David, he says, you need, to, you need to run. You need to take care of yourself. Now, the Bible says in Philippians 2.4, Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Will you lay yourself aside for the benefit of a friend? Jesus, Jesus did just that for us. And he's called us friends. Greater love hath no man than this. And he lay his life down for his friends. A friend that strengthens is one that sacrifices, is one that's selfless, but also is one that is a stabilizer. I tell you, I've got some friends, and I thank the Lord for good friends. I've got some friends that are just there to help encourage me along the way. To help you find hope in the Lord when things around you seem hopeless. News comes in to us daily in many different forms. And most of it is there to cause fear in our lives. When David received the news of Saul, his desire to kill him, he needed a friend that would encourage him. Not one that would come in and beat him up, but one that would encourage him in the things of the Lord. Jonathan came at the perfect time with the appropriate message and the appropriate words of encouragement. He said in 1 Samuel 23, 17, he says this, And he said unto him, Fear not. David, don't fear. Don't worry. You know why he says this? For the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be the king over Israel. He's getting him to say, hey, David, don't look about your surroundings. Look at the promises of God. That's what kind of friend we need. That's what kind of friend we need to be. Hey, don't look at what's going on in this world. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. That's what kind of friends we need. Circumstances often overwhelm us and cause us to fear or doubt God's ability to carry out what He's promised us. But be an encouraging friend who points out the positive things and, and believes in the promises of God. Say to a friend who needs strength today, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. From time to time, we all need to gain strength from a friend. Every t- uh, let me sh- share with you, every one of us from time to time need encouragement and strength from friends that are going to encourage us in the Lord. Paul said this, He said unto his friends, refresh himself. Do your friends come to you when they need a time of refreshing? Do you go to them when they need a refreshing? See, they will. They will if you know, if they know you're willing to sacrifice for them. Do do your friends feel that you are selfless? 
selfless towards them, that you're willing to sacrifice and be a friend that encourages others to be strong in the Lord. Then I want you to notice the final thing today, a saving friend. Proverbs 18.24 says, "A A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You know that friend that sticketh closer to a brother? That's our Lord. The Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The Bible says that he is my friend. I don't know why, folks. I don't know why I haven't been the friend that I should be to him, but he's been a friend to me. The Bible says this, He demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Remember, I said, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. He sacrificed his own life on the cross to redeem man from their sins. I'm thankful for even my so-called friends. I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for my so-so friends. I'm especially thankful for my strengthening friends. I've been blessed with some good friends. But can I say the one that loved me the most and have sacrificed the most for me? It's not my so friends, so-called friends. It's not my so-so friends, and it's not even my strengthening friends. But it's my saving friend. The one who willingly went to the cross to die for my sins. Oh, how he loves you and me. Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. All he asks is us for us to prove our love back to him, to demonstrate our love back to him. The Bible says this, if you love me, if you love me to be, not changing the words, but if you love, if you're his friend, keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, he says. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother? If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, can I introduce you to my friend? A friend that will always be there. I can tell you this, I want to be your strengthening friend. I want to be there to help encourage you. But there's going to be times that I let you down. There's going to be times I say something that is wrong or harsh or Whatever the case may be, I might even make a promise that I'm going to do something or be somewhere. And I fail on my promises. But can I tell you, there's a friend today that will never forsake thee. He'll never leave thee. He'll always keep his promises. That friend is Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know him, I want to introduce you to my best friend. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let me ask you today as you examine your heart, what kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? Are you a so-called friend? One that encourages your friends in the wrong ways? Are you a so-so friend? You're there, fair-weather friend, if you will. There when things are good. Are you a strengthening friend? A friend that's there, a faithful friend. What kind of friend are you? I want to encourage you to find a place at the altar and make a commitment that you're going to be a better friend. Be the kind of friend that everyone desires to have. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want to...
introduce you to my saving friend, the one that's willing to save you from your sin. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for, again, your words to me and how you've encouraged me. And Lord, how you always encourage me, how you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Lord, how you've willingly sacrificed your life for mine. Lord, how you have done so much for me and how little I've done for you. Lord, I pray that folks around this auditorium would find a place at the altar and make new commitments to their friends here in this world, but also to you. Lord, that they would uh, be that friend that uh, does right. And Lord, that, uh, that is uh, there to encourage their friends, but also, Lord, that they want to live right for you. They want to obey your commandments. Lord, help us to be what we need to be. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. If there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And God has spoke to your heart today. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. What kind of friend are you? Can your friends depend on you? Not just to be there and help them do things, but a friend that encourages, strengthens your hand in the Lord. Lord, help me to be that friend today. time. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, I encourage you to find a place at the altar. We can show you how, from God's word, how you can know for sure that heaven's your home. few announcements as our ushers come to take up this morning's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you uh, that this coming Sunday, next Sunday, will be our sanctuary day. We're going to take up a special love offering and uh, uh, everything that's not designated to tithe and missions. So everything extra uh, that comes in will go to our building fund or to our parking lot. And uh, so we're going to, I uh, want you to pray about maybe being a blessing uh, uh, next Sunday, and it's Love Your Sanctuary Day, so that's what we're going to do. Had a, um, a love offering come in this week uh, from uh, in memory of Miss Judith, and uh, uh, wanted to give towards our parking lot, and they said, what well, was something that uh, Miss Judith would have been concerned with, and I said, I know she gave to the parking lot fund, and she said, well, I'd like to do that, and so I thank the Lord for uh, that, and that was a, that's a blessing, but you pray about how you can be a blessing next week. 
uh, to that. Then on March the 3rd is our prayer breakfast. And also what we're going to do that day, uh, we have a baby shower for baby Amos. And uh, so they're registered at Walmart. And then the men, if I could have the men, uh, we're going to do a work day, just get some things cleaned up around here. But then later on in the month, I'm planning on having a spring clean day, uh, maybe in April. Um, we're going to just get the, the church and the property tidied up and uh, things such as that. I don't know who cleaned the, the uh, back area back there, uh, but I appreciate it. It looks so good. And, uh, man, I, I, we came in, and I was expecting to do that this coming week. And uh, I saw it was done, and I was like, well, praise Jesus. And uh, I was excited about it. Uh, but anyways, I appreciate whoever did that. And then um, let me say uh, a couple other things. Our Deacon of the Week, pray for Brother Danny. Uh, Brother Danny Lovejoy. Our Trustee of the Week, Brother Phil Bousman. Our Mission of the Week, Brother John and Miss Pam Burnett. And then our Family of the Week, Brother Kirk and Mona Hutchison. You remember these folks in your prayers. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Brother Jimmy, sir, would you please have some blessing? this morning. Come back tonight, 6 o'clock for our evening services, and uh, let's all stand. We'll be dismissed. Thank you again for being here. Brother Travis, sir, would you please close us in order?